0: Okay. Hi, this... <laughs> Hi. welcome to the Weekly Minute. Um, I am sitting here with co-host Mr. Mezzaline, Navy veteran, and my name is Ellen. I am a veteran of the U.S. Army, 23 years, uh, founder and organizer of Resource One-Stop Veterans Advocacy Foundation right here in Portland, Texas. How are you doing today, Mr. Mezzaline? Oh, I'm doing great. am i pronouncing your name right Messed the line i am so sorry i do apologize well thank you for meeting with me today and um this podcast is called the weekly minute in which once a week um, i will have a different veteran on fridays uh just kind of discuss um just a little conversation about how their um, life has been outside of the military and just a few questions on um maybe you know Their military career and life outside of the military Um, so at this point um, I will just start my my podcast with the question here so um, may I call you what was your first name again Larry may I call you Larry if you don't mind because I don't want to chop your name thank you all right so um, Larry what does the weekly minute mean to you
1: well I after learning what it is I think that uh, it's going to help vets. That's what it means to me, helping veterans, and and that's what's important.
0: Great, great. Um, Thank you again for meeting with me, and from one veteran to another, I do want to thank you for your service and um, what you're doing here as well in Portland, Texas. means a lot. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do um, for a living, what you do for fun, or anything that you might want um, our other fellow veterans to know about?
1: Well, I'm a I am an I'm unemployable through the VA Um, I'm a PTSD vet got hurt while I was on service and um, I presently I'm kind of like the housekeeper because my wife works so but beyond that um, I have a band called Celtification Um, that's what I kind of keeps my head out of the out of the past history so um, I retired in 2004 as an MA1, uh, wouldn't have changed the day, good or bad, from what I had in my service. Uh, proud to serve my country. So.
0: Oh, thank you again for that. Um, yeah, that's awesome to know, I mean, especially when, you know, somebody's looking for entertainment or adding maybe entertainment to any events that they have, may have going on. Um, I'm a huge advocate of... Um, you know, social events, um, veterans events, anything that's going on. So definitely, we'll be looking out for that. You're doing big things in the future, there, Larry. Um, so let me go ahead and ask you this as well. Um, you know, being prior army, um, you know, um, I know we're it's like joint forces. What what do you feel about? How do you feel about? Um, You know the navy the army the marines and the air force becoming more of a joint force instead of um, you know each uh, branch individualized
1: well i think that uh, we're all on the same team anyway Um, i think that there's a lot of history with all the branches of the service and uh, i personally think they should keep them in separate entities uh, the Navy has a different Air Force than the Air Force does, and rather than having to spend the money to retrain an Air Force, leave it, you know, leave it like it is, but uh, I think we all have our own same functions, or our own functions, and it's on the same team. We fight the same battles on the same team. Um, a lot of in-service camaraderie stuff that goes on as far as giving each other a hard time, but I, I my, my opinion is I think we should I don't think we should change that i think the navy and the marine corps and the army and the air force should should stay their own separate entities
0: yeah that's that's great um good to know that as well because i when i first saw it all come together i was stationed in san antonio and they changed it from an army base out at fort Sam houston to a joint force military base and so i saw a lot more navy Mm -hmm. and air force and marines um so you know i mean I mean, it's good that we work together for the, the cause of freedom, you know. And um, But then also, you know, we all have our own jobs to do. I mean, each, each branch has its own job, and I think that that's good to separate that as well, basically, just like you said. So I guess my next question would be, what does freedom mean to you?
1: Freedom, um, I, I, I believe in the, in the constitutional law. And I believe the Constitution was written, even though it was written a long time ago. I think there was a lot of foresight that was put into it. And I think that, uh, I think that we have the right to say what we want, when we want, but it has to be within reason. Um, I believe that we have the right for freedom of press, like we're doing right now. Yes. Um, I, I, but I also feel that some people kind of take it out of context. You know um do their own interpretations on on what freedom really is um freedom is something that we fought you and me both fought for probably well most of our adult lives um to maintain some sort of order and discipline as well as making sure that people have their their rights and uh so I mean I I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. Oh but, yes, uh, it did. Yes,
0: <laughs> um, yes, it's, it did a lot. Um, it's always nice to get a another perspective, somebody else's perspective, another veteran's perspective um, on what freedom means to them because freedom means something different to each individual, right. you know. So it's always nice to get the. The veterans perspective uh that i'm speaking with uh, which i thank you for answering those questions for me Mm -hmm. um just to kind of give you a little bit of background of resource one-stop veteran advocacy foundation non-for-profit foundation we are a non-for-profit foundation um so everything we do is basically through charity and uh donation and um But the the main reason I started uh, Resource One-Stop Veteran Advocacy is because I actually started out as a homeless veteran myself. Um, Back in April of 2020, I lost my job. I was living in Indiana. Um, I was going to lose my house. I just had my house built. Um, So I was all set to pay on my first mortgage, and then the COVID hit, and I lost my job. So um, I had to get a townhome here. And then on my way to Texas, they were like, You know, um, the person's not moving out of the home due to COVID-19 and Aransas passed. So I'm like, what do I do? I'm going to be homeless. Right. So um, I had to stay in a hotel for three weeks. And I told my daughter, I'm not going to let this all get to me. I'm going to take something. I'm going to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons or Mm -hmm. whatever. And um, I went back and got my master's degree in organizational leadership and development and started my organization about a year ago. First year was nothing but compliance. And getting all the paperwork together. Second year is more about, I guess, for me now that I just made my first year in November, it's about networking. And um, one of the missions that I want to hold up to the mission, my mission and resource one-stop advocacy's veteran advocacy's mission is to serve those who honorably serve to defend our nation's freedom. So with that statement being said, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to honorably serve, to defend our nation's freedom to serve
1: those? I, I think that the way that I'm interpreting that is uh, I think giving back to those who who have literally put their lives on the line for us for freedoms for the world that we live in now they've put their lives on the line for it and I think it's a beautiful thing that you that you've developed this so that we can give it back to Um, I think that in the end I feel like our veterans come back they're not coming back the same as they were when they left Um, and I don't care if they did two years four years 20 years 30 years they're not coming back the same as they as they left and although the nation says we welcome you home um, they they really don't. Um, the veterans, I feel, are, are getting kind of the short end of the stick on a lot of things. Uh, most jobs used to have veterans preference points going into the job. Um, that's kind of gone away. It will, they say they've still got it, but it, training and experience, they don't, the civilian world doesn't care what your training experience are, and so you're getting out with this, oh, now I'm a civilian, and you're finding out that nobody gives a damn what you did right. for the last 20 years of your exactly. life. Exactly. You're so, like, where do
0: I begin? You right, know? right, right, right. I think that's where my organization picks up. Well, I know there's a lot of other organizations that do the exact same thing, which I would love to collaborate with. However, you know, um, certain organizations have their own niche, if you would, uh, and mine kind of picks up. It's like, how can I help the veteran understand, like, what he's good at or how can we get him to the right community resource to get him the help that he needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if my organization can't help, then you're going to, I'm going to get you a way to get those that those resources provided right, right. to you.
1: And you know, it's funny cause when I got out of the service, I was happy cause I, I mean, I deployed all the time and I was so happy to be home. And my wife at the time, now my ex wife, looked at me one day and she said, I can't believe that you're home every day. I can't take it. And it just threw me for a loop. I was like, well, what do you mean? You knew I was retiring and what I was?" I, she didn't realize I was gonna be home all the time. And that pretty much was putting an end to our, to our marriage where it was. Um, hindsight being 2020, I think that there should be When a military service member retires from the service if he's got a family i think there should be a family counseling involved in it prior to the departure from the service from your branch of service because your family isn't prepared for you to be home all the time either i mean they say they are but in my experience they're not so um yeah so would you think it's safe to say with you mentioning that and i totally
0: agree with you that maybe there should be more family involvement added to a soldier's training with their ETS out of the military.
1: When they're, when they're getting out, yes, I, I think that whether it's a retirement or whether it's, uh, you know, just getting out after your a couple of years in, I think, yeah, I think that they should bring the families into mm-hmm. that and um, let them sit in on the, you know, the information about the VA and the information yes. about the civilian world and how to write a resume and all that, your family should be involved in mm-hmm. that um, because they're not used to you being home all the time. Right. And they need to know, you know, this is what to expect mm-hmm. from your spouse because mm-hmm. they're going to be lost. So Yes.
0: So you get more support. You feel like you'd
1: have more support
0: if the families were more involved I, I do. in the out-processing uh, mm-hmm. all of the events that come, go along with out-processing yes. the military. Yes. That's, that's great, and that may be something that might be looked at in the future. I mean, it only takes one person to mention it, you know, and mm-hmm. it could be. Well, uh, I do have a small list of questions, if you don't mind. I did Let's not want it. to go off of, off, um, Script. <laughs> yes, here, but um, it was just a couple of questions that I had in general to begin with okay. now. Um, so, uh, I do want to ask you, what is one thing you wish you had known when you began your military career?
1: I think how much the military was going to change me. Um, I started in the military at 18 years old, fresh out of high school, young little pup, with people screaming in my face, and uh, I came out eight weeks later a totally different person. And I wish I'd have known, kind of going in, how much it was going to change I me. And I don't think that anybody can be prepared for how much they're going to change just mm-hmm. by that eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever.
0: Yeah. I went in when I was 18 as well and I had no idea what to expect. I couldn't even do my 13 pushups. I had to go to fitness company at Fort Dix, New Jersey. And then that was 1990, 91. And they did the stop loss in 90. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up being in Fitco for like eight months. So, When I finally got to the basic training side of Fort Dix, New Jersey, I was getting off of the, the, I forgot what those kind of bus, a cattle bus, if Mm -hmm. you would, um, doing like 80 push ups, 80 and 90 push ups. And the other uh, recruits hated me because I was actually the first one that made us do push ups. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, (laughs) being 18 years old, a joy to the military, I'm right there with you, Larry. I get it. Well, And thank you for answering that for me, too, because that's always an important question to start off with is the what is it that you wish you knew when you began your military career? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that leads us to our second question here. Um, What advice, if any, would you give somebody someone who was wanting to pursue a military career?
1: I'd say be prepared for anything. Um, there's an even boot camp and everything else will not actually prepare you for some of the things you're going to see or have to do however go in with a mindset that I'm prepared for anything don't go in close-minded and I know everything because my dad was in the military and my grandpa was in the military and this is all I've heard because things change um, Go in with an open mind and be prepared to learn be prepared to take college classes. Be prepared to to. be the best that you can be. That's what I would suggest.
0: Yes. I, I'm i glad you, you're mentioning that because there are a lot of people out there that don't know what to expect. And their only outlet is to join the military. You know, it's either jail or the military mm-hmm. that they're giving these younger kids options of um so yeah it's great that you mentioned that just because a lot of people don't have that coaching it seems like you would make a great coach for somebody that is going into the military just because you have all that past knowledge and past experience and you know basically you've you've lived that life you know for Mm -hmm. many many years how long how many years were you in again 20. oh wow okay yeah so you've lived quite quite a life of being in the military so grateful for your service by the way Well, and that will lead us to our next question. And thank you again for answering that Mm -hmm. question. I'm learning so much from you today. Um, let me just ask you this. What were the best resources that kind of guided you along the way or helped you along the way while you were serving in the military?
1: My resources, I used my chain of command a lot. Um, when I first went in, I didn't, didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, I flunked out of submarine school deliberately because I thought, I'm a country kid, I volunteered for this Mm. submarine, and I'm going to be stuck underwater with no fresh air, (laughs) and there's no way I can do 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 this, and so I I failed out. And, and of course, they gave me the worst punishment they thought they could give me, and they sent me to the surface fleet, which is all I wanted to do anyway. Um, But I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I used my chain of command, and they kind of suckered me if you will into finally taking my e4 exam Mm -hmm. um, because I really tried to do everything but be where I was at and uh, I remember my my first class walked up and he says I want you to read this book I don't want you to do the course just read the book but he knew damn good and well that I was going to do the course (laughs) if I was gonna read the book right Wow and so I went up handed it to him I just I Took me about a week, and I handed him the, the course and everything, and he said, "Good, here's your pars, and uh, you take the, you take your advancement exam next Tuesday." And I said, "What?" And he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "I've already got your exam ordered. He said, I knew you were going to take you were going to do the course, and you've already done everything that was required, so I'll go take the exam.'" Um, my chain of command most commands that i was at and i've been in I don't know, nine or ten of them but mm-hmm. most of them the chain of command was very supportive and really stood behind you and really tried to motivate mm-hmm. you and and make the best out of you um, but also be prepared for the chain of command that doesn't your departmental leading petty officer it's all he cares about is making chief your departmental um, chief petty officer uh, he's doing all the political crap to try to keep the division Mm -hmm. out of the department of trouble. So there's still going to be little spots where you're probably not going to get the help that you really are looking for, but there is a manual for absolutely everything that takes place in the military. (laughs) Get your hands on these manuals, go to your department, go to your libraries, go to wherever you need to go and read these books. And great advice. You'll succeed.
0: Great advice for somebody that's wanting to pursue a military career. Would you agree? I agree. All right, yes. I know there's a manual for everything. And would you now kind of just kind of um, ad libbing off of that question or that answer that you just provided me, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that, that that those kind of on the spot kind of moments kind of prepared you and helped you along the way in your military career? Because it made you think more, it made you do more as a A uh, Navy member, what would you?
1: Sailor. Yes. It
0: made you uh, kind of do a lot more thinking on Mm -hmm. your own as a sailor instead of somebody telling you how to do it, when to do it, and all of that. You were kind of more motivated.
1: I had a senior chief on my first ship that I used to go to him all the time. Senior chief, we have a problem. Senior chief, we have a problem. Senior chief, we have a problem. And he looked at me one day. He says, you know what? He says, I want to know what the solution is. And I was just a young sailor. He you said, don't ever come to me again and say, you've got a problem without having a solution. And what that helped me do was that helped me think for myself, for starters. And a lot of times, I'd be, at that point, I'd build a back briefing. Senior chief, we had a problem. This is what I did to fix it. And it's done. So that helped a lot. Um, I had, well, and it's going to lead into the next question anyway. but Go ahead. Um,
0: Help yourself. I had
1: a mentor on my first ship. Uh-huh. And this guy, he was a BM-2, Boson-Mate second class. Um, he took me under his arm, like pretty much right when I checked aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I was a young little e, E-2, I think at the time, and I'm waddling myself around, right? And trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out about the ship and learn about this. And And he said, you know, you're making the Navy and this job too hard. It's not a hard job right all you have to do is do what you're told but in the same time you need to think for yourself mm-hmm. um, he's the reason that i stayed in he's the reason that that uh i felt that i was su- semi-successful um i i missed the guy he passed away a few oh, years back sorry and, to hear that. now it's his wife was a beautiful human and, and we all hung out together. And, oh. and uh, but he was, he was one that was very instrumental in, in everything I did while I was on that first ship and everything that I learned and how to move forward and succeed. He taught me how to drive small boats. He taught me, you know, he just had me under his wing. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he went, he expected me to be there. And it helped me a lot. Um, I wasn't gonna stay any longer than my four years. I was gonna get out, and go back mm-hmm. to the country, um, back to my horse ranch, and and do what I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And he convinced me. You know, um, you're not really a sailor yet. You're not a sailor until you have sailed the seven seas. Oh, that's awesome! And, that's uh, great. Yes. So, I remember going to the Straits of Gibraltar, and he said, "Well, first step in becoming a sailor." And then we went through the Mediterranean, all the way through the Mediterranean. He goes, yeah, just hit the second step.
0: Oh, and then that's... we went
1: through the Suez Canal, just hit the third step. Wow. And no matter where we went throughout the world, it was always just another step in becoming a sailor. Yes. Okay. And it wasn't about going to ports and getting drunk and getting stupid mm-hmm. and getting in trouble and mm-hmm. getting you know, busted, getting whatever you did. Right. This was about a learning experience and being able to look at the world and it is mostly water, by the way, for the record. I've seen a lot of it. Right, um, <laughs> okay. But uh, he taught me to love myself as much as anything else mm-hmm. in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. i, I That's great I kinda, advice. I don't know if I kind of went No, you did not. All, but, this uh,
0: was excellent. I love that you were able to outlive yeah. and. I know it wasn't one of the list, one of the questions on the list, but sometimes you have to add a little bit. Everything's just not so cut and dry, which you're starting yeah. to be able to prove to us that everything's not so cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Everything is a learning experience mm-hmm. inside of the military and outside, outside of the, the military. military. Everything right. that we do in life, right. um, you can, re- you know, we can let young people know that we can let older people because we never stop learning, right? Mm-hmm. We're always wanting to to learn more. Um, And this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because I don't want to just, you know, I want to learn more about other veterans. I want to learn about my craft. I want to continue and, you know, I want to learn about other veterans so I could be that better person to advocate for other veterans and I feel like if I know the other veteran's story, then mm-hmm. I can advocate for the, the right. veteran even more, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times face-to-face is the only way. I mean, we're right now we're, you know, so much technology that emailing and texting and all that has really, I think, taken away from a lot of the personable I agree. side of I agree. conversation. Yeah, Ch- a Chat and conversation. Just a conversation mm-hmm. like we're having right now. Um, well... I'm good I just have a few more questions if you don't mind and I'm so glad you took your time to um, sit down with me today Um, I appreciate it everybody that's listening I'm sure appreciates it we're learning so much I've learned so much from you today I'm going to become a better person because (laughs) of you meeting with me today I'm learning so much Um, well and you did you did talk about um, you know who inspired you so and is he also who inspired you to stay in the military? Because you said you were going to he just did. get out four years. He did.
1: Um, matter of fact, he coordinated the biggest um, or largest, should I say, reenlistment ceremony. Um, we were reenlisted by the admiral. Uh, and he came aboard the ship. We had, I think there were, i say there was 12 or 14 of us at that reenlistment. Um, but he said, "Well, what would it take?" And I said, "If I was reenlisted by the admiral, I'd do it." I was just being sarcastic, a mm-hmm. little facetious,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and he got you. He got me. <laughs>
0: he got you. Oh my gosh! So, mm.
1: um, but I was going to get out, and I, I had at that time, I had two kids. I was married. I just wanted to spend time with my family. Right. You yes. Know?
0: Understandable.
1: So, he said, "You know, you'll get to spend time with your family because if you reenlist." you can probably go to shore duty. You get a couple of years with just your family. Yeah, right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I
0: laugh because I've been there, done that. I understand what you're... Yes. Everybody that was probably in the military that's reenlisted more than once or twice can can relate mm-hmm. with you, and that's why we, we find it, kind of find that comical, because um, it's a serious thing to reenlist. You're dedicating your time, and your honor, and you're, you know, you're dedicating your life to your country, and to God and country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's definitely a serious thing to re-enlist, uh, and it's a definitely, um, apply, you know, applaudable that you stayed in for 20 plus years. Now may I ask you, what was the, the officer's name again, the Admiral's name again? um, that, um, Re-enlisted? kind of inspired you to stay in the military, the, the one Admiral? that we're talking about?
1: Yes. Um, well, the, the, the guy was BM two Bullard. Okay. But, uh, I don't even remember the ad. I want to say it was Zuma, but I, don't, I could be completely off on that. No,
0: one. I mean the, I guess I mean to say the, 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 the gentleman up. that, yeah. yes, that yeah,
1: inspired you. Okay. Mitch Bullard, he, maybe was, there are other, he was just one of the neatest down to earth people. But oh, that's good. I mean, if you didn't get your job done, you knew you didn't get your job right. done too. Right. So. I get it.
0: So I guess that leads kind of into our next question. Um, you know, who were the top three people? And you said, um, well, the top, top three thing.
1: people that influenced me to, when, I, when I served, um, of course, while I was serving, it was, it was definitely Mitch. Um, getting me in the door, one of my best friends from school joined the Navy. Um, and he left and goes off to boot camp, comes back on his, on his 30 days leave and first thing he does is six o'clock in the morning, he's standing at the foot of my bed screaming for me to get out of my rack. And um, we drove around all day, drank about a case of Heineken and oh. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, I'm sitting in a recruiter's office. So
0: yeah, that'll do it.
1: My dad is a Vietnam veteran. My oh, wow. grandfather, both my grandfathers were World War II veterans. Mm. My great-grandfather was a World War I veteran, and we tracked the military all the way back. My kids were the first ones that broke that chain.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: I got a grandson that wants to go in the Army, so um, we'll get it back. But.
0: Would you say Would you say that they also inspired you
1: to um, keep that
0: going and keep in the military, in the family, like keep the...
1: Well, I don't know if they really inspired to do that. I got a grandfather that did 38 years in the Navy. Um, I got another one, did four, okay. um, I, my dad, I could honestly, honestly, I don't know how long he did, but, uh, he, I remember him. I do remember weirdly enough, as young as I was him leaving and deploying and then having to come back. Mm-hmm. And I remember what we, when, cause we lived in North Carolina, uh, green, green, Greensboro. Okay. Yes. Greensboro. I've heard of Greensboro. Yes. Um, but packed everything up in a little Volkswagen bug and headed on out to oh. to North Carolina but my dad in my opinion was he was he'd always been the hero in my eyes and and he wanted to pursue more of his military career or become a professional football player mm-hmm. and he was on track for both of them and then oh, wow. he got hurt and
0: oh wow Sorry Some that. other family
1: issues took place, and and uh, so anyway, he uh, he was the guy that I always looked up to, and if he could serve in the military, so could I. Right. Um, I knew that if I went to college, I would fail out because when I joined the navy, I couldn't read, but I could take a great test. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured out there's patterns to everything, and I could fill in a pattern, mm-hmm. and it got me a high enough score to get in the service. Um, but he was one that really pushed the education, and I just kind of blew it off. Whatever, you know, I'm not going to need that. I can, I can labor my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and be fine with it. Um, but I remember when I, I sat down at the table with him, and I said, Dad, I've, mom, dad, you know, that type of deal. Um, I just signed the papers, I joined the Navy. And my mom, of course, oh my God, my baby. And my yeah. dad sat there with his chest out, his shoulders back. And he got a little choked up and got a tear in his eye, oh. but he was proud.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I made a decision as an adult. And so when I got in the service, when I got in there, I, I had to take that reading aptitude test when me first go in. And they found out I couldn't read. Yeah. And so I had eight weeks to be able to read at a sixth grade level, or I was out. Mm. And uh, I remember calling my dad on one of the phone call days, and, <clears throat> and he said, well, boy, you got to do what you got to do and I worked my butt off and there's another reason why I suggest reading manuals and everything because once you get to get to learn a reading and and enjoying it it's all downhill from there and the learning opportunities are endless my grandfather I remember I mean, he was old school navy and old school old school navy you know he's world war ii and and grumpy old bosun's mate, you know but uh, when I was a kid Every time we'd go to visit, because they were in Pennsylvania and we were in Colorado, Mm -hmm. every time I'd go to visit, he'd teach me a new knot. Okay, just teach me how to tie a knot. And Mm -hmm. then if I could tie the knot right, you know, walk away, come back with the knot tied right, I'd get candy or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But it was always a game. And uh, so he actually gave me a leg up in the Navy just by doing stupid little stuff like, Here, here's a bowling. You know, yeah. So that's awesome. These are the people that really inspired me to to go in and stay in.
0: That's great. And it sounds like um, you know you learned quite a bit while you were in the Navy, Mm -hmm. and um, you use you utilize quite a bit of those skills as of today, even in your own um, life that you live outside of the military. Correct. Um, Yep. So let's just kind of um, I know we're gonna we just have a couple more questions, and then we're gonna wrap it up. Okay. Um, for those who are listening once again we do thank you uh, for staying on board with us I know it's been 30 minutes um and I dig the name of this, this is the weekly minute but um, that's just the name
1: <laughs> she, she brought the long-winded guy in
0: <laughs> and I love that because he's he's such an awesome guy thank you again mr. mayor no answering all these questions um, so I just have a couple other questions mm-hmm. here um, well with everything that you've uh, mentioned today Mm -hmm. um how do you how do you feel um our listeners um can connect with you and your story today i mean if you were to kind of debunk any kind of myths or um rumors or anything about the military just from your story that you've shared with us today um how do you want your our listeners or how would you feel um our listeners may be able to connect with you and your story if they're thinking about joining the military um I don't know if that makes sense that question I just yeah, kind of wanted kinda, to combine kind
1: of um I think that how, how we can connect together is is we've served and um, if you're thinking about going in the military I I strongly encourage it um if nothing else, for the education, for the experiences, um, I think that uh, kind of sort of jumping back a little bit, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. um, is there's there's a thing, a question you have here about common myth about the military that I want to debunk.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, your job when you go in the military is not kill people. Your your job when you go in the military is not um, to, I don't know how to put it, other than be some sort of a badass. And it's not your job. What your job is, is what you're assigned to do. And so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, okay, you go to work on the ship and they make you go down to mess cranking duty or, or whatever, you gotta work in the galley. Um, Take that as a learning experience, a training experience. Be open minded. But remember, this is just a job. It is a job. And if you can keep that in your mind, once you get out and Mm -hmm. you separate from service, Mm -hmm. it's going to make life so much easier. Yes. So much easier. This was just a job. There are benefits out there. If you get hurt, and I don't care if it's you smashed your finger and had to lose a fingernail. Right make sure you go to medical and get that documented because this is all stuff that once you do separate is gonna go towards your VA benefits. It's all stuff that they didn't tell us. Right. And it may make you seem like a sick bay commando or something like that, but you've got to take in consideration. Once you're out of Mm -hmm. the service, you're gonna have to be in the real world and then all of a sudden one day, these little aches and pains or whatever happened to you before, are real, and you start getting old, and you can't do what you can do before. Um, I'm not that old; I'm 56, but I am. Well, you don't look like it. You look very good,
0: Mr. Larry. At, so don't you don't have to say I that.
1: Play a lot of music. Yes, um, you're very. You you wear well. Thank you. Um, but we, uh, I, I want remember that we are all. Whether you're going in and you're getting ready to go to boot camp, or you've separated for the last. Thirty years, or whatever your story is, we are all on the same team, and there are people here that have your back, and right. there are people here that will support you to the end. Yes, um, I'm one of those people. I I believe in supporting our veterans because I remember how hard it was to get my benefits going. I remember how hard it was to get housing. Um, I was completely homeless. I lived in my car with my dog. Oh, yes, um, I have been. A substance abuser I I don't deny that there are programs out there to keep your head on yes and it's not being some sort of a wimp or anything like that to go and take advantage of these programs while you're in the service
0: yes and
1: then that way they help you once you're out of the service yes so that's long-winded way of saying that
0: no that was great that's a lot of information and a few questions I'm glad we were able to cover Um, All of these questions. I'm so glad. Thank you for your service. I am very glad. I'm very uh, I feel honored to have been able to sit down with you today and um, For you to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. I know there's such a personal questions. Um, I really appreciate you providing these answers Um, so as far as um, Ending Mm -hmm. the ending here. I just kind of want to circle back up to the top if we could okay um once again, this is the weekly minute uh, mr. Larry was my first ever interviewee, so I do appreciate your patience and your your time and effort that you took uh, out of your busy day mm-hmm. uh to meet with me and uh you know to talk about your uh your time in the military inside of the military outside of the military so that other uh veterans and young military young uh, individuals thinking about going into the military um, could utilize what you have said and your knowledge and um, your information and use it to their benefit uh, when going in the military, mm-hmm. when getting out of the military. Um, so I guess I, that just comes, we'll just go back to the, uh, the question. So once again, now that we've talked about all of this, all of these questions, do you think that organizations such as mine, Resource One Stop Veterans Advocacy Foundation, could actually help veterans in the future?
1: Oh, def- um, definitely. Do you think Most definitely
0: having the podcast is actually um, is beneficial? That way, it it allows veterans to have a, com- you know, to communicate and um, just to kind of get the information out there to other veterans. I, I
1: do. I, I think that this is. I think what you're doing is wonderful. I just do. I, I think oh, thank that you. uh thank you. You know, I'm sorry that you ended up the long-winded one, the first guy, but
0: no, nope, I, I love I just it. Kind of feel I got a lot of information.
1: I like to talk. But um you I think that what your program is doing can be so beneficial to 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 all veterans. Um I think that everybody needs to know. That there is somebody there to advocate for them, to help them, to support them, um, even through their tough times. So I think this is a great thing.
0: Thank you very much. And on that note, we are going to end today's podcast. Today being January 7, 2022. We're already in the first week of January. I'm getting ready to go in the second week. And uh, we will be uh, next Friday, I believe, is the date of, what, the 14th? Next Mm -hmm. Friday, being the 14th, we will have another veteran um, here sitting down with me on the weekly minute. And um, we will talk more about um, the military, uh, the veterans' uh, career inside of the military and outside of the military. So please tune in for um, that podcast next Friday at 1 o'clock. We will actually have a female sergeant major on. She lives right here in Portland. There was only 23 Uh, female sergeant majors in the marines um she does live right here in portland and she has volunteered to come on the weekly minute at one o'clock as well so please tune in and um yeah we hope you learn a lot of uh, useful information valuable information you guys have a great day and thank you for turning in Bye bye